Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason, John Pauline holding it down for you guys. Ben Mandel, not with us today, but him and John did such a great job last week. We decided Ben needed a day off. But, you know, we're coming up to the final week and a half, the final full week of the season. It's been a long, long trudge through. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, some more so that for some teams than others. Cough, cough, New York their disappointing seasons but it's almost time to put that stuff behind us we are ready to go october baseball is within reach you can almost taste it the glory again not for us well not for me really john seems looking like he's gonna make it the yankees still not eliminated yet but you know six and a half back but like seven to play so it's more of like a matter of time unless uh Unless a lot of teams lose every game and the Yankees can win. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, John, the Braves, they clinched the NL East and a first-round bye. The Dodgers, they clinched the West and a bye. The Brewers, their magic number is one right now, and they've clinched a playoff spot in the NL Central. The NL Wild Card, it's looking pretty tight, right? You got Philly. They've clinched a wild card spot, I believe. Or uh, just about. I don't think just about, just about. But they're five games up on the second wild card of Arizona. Arizona's a half game up on Chicago, who's got the third. So those three teams are in the playoffs as we stand right now. Again, there's still time to go, but if I'm Philly, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Arizona, Chicago, not so much. Miami's only a game out. Cincinnati's two and a half out. San Fran's four out, and this is, of course, all back of that third wild card spot. And San Fran, San Francisco's four out, I said, and San Diego's five back. San Diego's still keeping around, you know, kind of in a similar situation as the Yankees, but, you know, they're not dead yet. But, John, as a Phillies fan, how are you feeling about your place in this race? How you Compared to last year, last year the Phillies went on this magical run that nobody expected made it to the World Series, would have hoped they would have won the World Series. But uh, you'll never catch me saying that on any other point. <laughs> but uh, how, how are you feeling? Like, how's the team now compared to last year? And like, Because they got expectations now. They're playing very similar to how they were last season. I think their play style is better. I mean, I think they have a lot more depth this this year going in. They have, I think they, have, you know, they added the addition of Trey Turner. I think their pitching's a little a little bit deeper this year, you know, with the adage of Taywan Walker and all these other, and, you know, a bunch of other in their bullpen and they got Michael Lorenzen. So it's like, you know, they have, they have some more depth. I mean, I think I was worried a little bit because at one point they were just, they, all they were doing was hitting and it seemed like their pitching just could not go. And then it would be like, they would pitch and then they couldn't hit. But now it seems like they've been kind of hot. They're kind of getting hot right now at the, uh, you know, right around the, the time you want them to get hot and go into the playoffs, you know, hot. And hopefully the biggest thing for them though, this, this season is that they get that home field advantage. They clinched that wild card home field advantage. Cause I think that's super important. Cause I think that's the biggest thing Philly has almost over. I almost, I want to say, you know, might be a little biased, but I think almost over any, you know, baseball team, you know, any other team in MLB is that they, I think, their home field advantage seems to really matter compared to some of the other teams. Philly, I don't know how you feel about that, but I just... I'll I'll say one thing about Philly because it might be my least favorite place in... might be my least favorite place in the world. 
they care. Their fans care. Uh, certain sports that uh, I think they care a little. I don't want to say too much. I just don't think they uh, they're capable of uh, certain emotions like happiness and you know gratitude and other stuff. But the Phillies as a team and their fans, I've always felt were the the best out of the the major Philly sports because they care, they're passionate, but they also know what they are. Yeah. And they've experienced success before. You had the late 2000s, you know, the Phillies winning it in 08, losing in 09, and that kind of downfall of you win the World Series in 08, you lose in 09, you lose the NLCS in 10, NLDS in 11, so on and so forth, till you like the worst record in all of baseball. So they literally had a straight line of jubilation in the World Series to like the deepest pits of despair with their team. And now they're rising up kind of kind of like Bane, you know. They were born they were born into that darkness, you know. They've experienced the highs and lows. So they've kind they kind of know and they've been there before. I think the Philly fans are ready for a battle, and I feel like they bring it more so than any other team because I never met an Astro fan until 2017. Same. I didn't even know they existed. And now they're everywhere. They didn't exist, but like (laughs) more in a non Astros based area, they start popping up. People are bandwagoners. Like that's a thing. So you have all these teams like Braves fans, you know, they start popping up now more so than than they've been in since the nineties, really Dodger fans, the same thing. So, the the Philly fans are the, the, are really like some true fans out there, and I I think that uh they they've kind of earned this run, especially with how they've treated Trey Turner, which really like just isn't characteristic of the city. unexpected. Like you've seen what they've done to Alec Bohm, where they they just booed the heck out of him, and they wanted him traded. They they wanted to give up on him. They 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 wanted him out, and like they and Trey Turner was doing the same things and. You know, they built a sign. They made a sign for him, a billboard. You know, it's okay, Trey. We love you. Kind of, it's just very uncharacteristic of them to kind of baby a player. But I guess you kind of have to when he's in year one of what an eleven-year deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, pair that with you know Bryce Harper, who just encapsulates everything it means to be a Philly. He just, I just feel like he loves it there, and that's why he never did a uh, a no trade clause. He he wanted to stay there forever. You know, no option for him to get out of that contract either. No opt out, no player options. So he's stuck there and you're stuck with him. And he's doing everything he can in his power. Phillies are going to have some questions. I believe Wheeler and Nola are free agents at the end of this year. I believe, yep. So they're going to have to, you know, either sign them both or kind of figure out that rotation because those are two top tier, top front of the line starters. So it's just going to be interesting to see. But, like, you got the Marlins, who nobody really expected to be good, and they're still knocking on the door. Cincinnati with Ellie De La Cruz and a bunch of other young guys. Nobody expected them to do anything, and they're here. Arizona's in the playoff race right now. And they have, you know, Corbin Carroll and all these good young players. People expect them to be maybe a year or two away from where they are now. And I feel like that's the story of this season. Cardinals, uh, not Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, Marlins, Reds, even in the AL side, Baltimore. 
Texas to a degree. These are teams that nobody expected to compete this year, but next year and so on, especially Baltimore. So it's just really interesting. And now let's move to the American League side of things, right? You have Baltimore, clinched their division, we said, and the one seed. Texas is leading the, the West right now. Who could have saw that coming? They thought it seemed like they were going to fall out of the race. I thought I was wrong with them because I, I I was going yeah. so high on them that they were going to come back and win, and then, and then they looked like I it looked like I was completely wrong, but but they six, they turned it around here six and four in their last ten, where Houston has gone three and seven, losing to like Kansas City and Oakland and Seattle's five and five now sitting out of the playoffs looking in. It's just really interesting. Minnesota's clinched their division, but the AL Central's kind of, you know, not so great. Tampa Bay clinched a playoff spot. They're nine and a half up in the first wild card, but they're still battling Baltimore. It's like a one-game difference in the AL East battle. So they're still right there. Toronto hasn't clinched anything yet, but they are one game up on Houston for the second wild card. They got three against the Yankees coming up later this week. Toronto still has some work to do. Houston has kind of faltered, as we were saying. They're that third wild card. And there's only two other teams kind of you can even mention that aren't eliminated. Yes, Seattle's a half game out. And then sitting in the darkness, just watching everybody else have fun, hoping for a miracle. The Yankees are six and a half out. Just how, I don't know. They're not playing particularly well. They're playing, you know, good enough. I mean, as a Yankee fan, never thought I'd say this, but my hope is that we can just claw our way to a 500, over 500 season because, you know, the Yankees haven't had a losing season since 1992 when they drafted Derek Jeter. Think about that. It's a long time. I mean, that just shows how good the Yankees were. Derek Jeter for so long. That they were under 500 for a season. I've never seen it in my lifetime, obviously. It's been over 30 years since. They've had a losing season, which is pretty incredible. So they're sitting right now at 78 and 76 as we record this. They play the Diamondbacks for two more, Toronto, and then Kansas City. They need three more wins to get to 500, four to get above. Not impossible. It's just just crazy to me that we're even in this spot. We thought, you know, World Series or bust. And obviously it's been bust. But, you know, the Yankees still could even be coming last place in their division. Boston, three and a half games behind them. But the fact that we're into the last week of the season and they're not truly eliminated yet speaks to the testament of Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, the American League Cy Young. Judge had a three-homer game the other day, his second of the season, you know. It's, and he's just played like at an incredible pace he, over a 162 game season. Like if you extrapolated all his, in all his stats out, he'd be on a similar pace as he was last year, just playing incredible ball. And I have a friend who works at ESPN, right? He's one of their stats guys. And he was texting me a stat saying that judge is the only player to have hit this many home runs in as little amount of games that has missed 50 games due to injury. The only other ones were like Mark McGuire and some other guys that did it in strike shortened seasons. 
So like they were doing it when healthy judge still isn't healthy. He still has that messed up toe that I'm, I'm convinced that he's going to get surgery on in the off season. So he's doing this all, you know, in nine toes. <laughs> so it's extremely impressive. And I think it's just a testament to his character and how he's played the young guys, Austin Wells, Volpe, Volpe's had a, you know, for a rookie season when, you know, he's 21 years old, nobody expected him to even be up this year. He's done fine. He kind of threw him in the fire there, the Yankees. Threw him in a fire as a Trial by fire. Defensively, he's been more than fine. And there's going to be some growing pains. Not everybody can come up hot like uh, Julio Rodriguez or uh, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll. Not everybody can be those guys right away. It takes time. Do you, do you remember when Judge first came up in 2016? I can't say I remember. I don't that wasn't, you know. That's because nobody really does. He came up in 2016 in August, had like two home runs and hit like 116 over the course of the rest of the season. Does that sound like the judge you know now? No, it doesn't. That's what, So it takes time for you to kind of grow into it. And I now think a lot of a, people forget that. Right. Volpe's had a full season to kind of work it out. He'll have a full off season knowing he's going to be the starting shortstop. He'll be able to work. He can mentally prepare, and I expect him to get better. He's still really young. Players don't hit their prime to when they're the best of their ability until they're like 25, 26 years old, and that carries on until they're about 32 to 34. So Volpe's still got time to really improve. Even Glaber Torres is just entering his prime, and he's had a really good year too. But that's where the playoffs kind of stand. If we kind of – Look at it now, what could be in October. Houston versus Minnesota, the 6-3 game. And then Toronto-Tampa Bay, the 5-4 game. Winner of the Houston-Minnesota matchup would play Texas. Toronto-Tampa Bay would keep it in the AL East to play Baltimore. We all expected three AL East teams in the playoffs, just not these three. But that's a. I think this is what it's going to end up being on the American League side of the ball. I'm not sure about you, but... I think this is how it's going to look. Maybe not in this order. I don't know if Texas can hold on to it. Houston has to bounce back. They're Houston. But I think these are the teams we're going to see in the playoffs. I think I'd agree with you there. I mean, the only thing it would be is just where the Rangers or Astros, if one of them, you right. know, who has the wild card. But I think, I, I think you're right on the nail, like right on the nail there with you know who's going to be in it. And then on the National League side. Chicago, Milwaukee is the six, three. They would play the Dodgers, who are the two. Arizona, the five. Philly, the four. They would play Atlanta. John, how would you feel playing Atlanta in the second round, the NLDS? Would you feel pretty confident that you can take them down? I think they can do it. I mean, the Phillies have they can beat the Braves before. I mean, they're going in. I mean, you know. Feel good about getting past Arizona if that's the team you're playing? I, I think I feel good about getting past almost any team, almost. Almost. That means there's almost. Something. Is it the Dodgers? Dodgers scare me a little bit more than the Braves. A little bit more than the Braves. Interesting. Interesting. Because I feel like because it's uh, I think the because it's like the the Phillies had the added thing they play the Braves a little bit more so they see them more they see them more right. And you know if they can fend it off and get it you know get it back to their home field and stuff I think they you know you can just take you know Red October all over again. Now the biggest I'll, thing is like yeah. I was saying home field. That that's home the biggest the thing for the Phillies is the home field advantage. Yeah, and just at least in baseball, everybody gets to host a game 
But I think the only change I would make, I think Miami is could overtake Chicago. Chicago's three and seven in their last ten, not playing particularly good baseball. Miami, they're six and four. They're playing slightly better. And I just think that uh I think they see the writing and they're gonna try to make that last push. I would hope I would love to see Miami in the playoffs. They're always a fun team. And they've made the playoffs, I think, three times in their franchise history, and they've won the World Series two out of those three times. <laughs> always as a wild card, never as a division winner, too. That's crazy about baseball and almost anything like a wild card team can just come out of nowhere and take it all. Yeah. But uh, now let's get into our studs and duds. For me, my stud, former Yankee pitcher, traded in for a guy in a boot with a bad leg, Jordan Montgomery, Ranger starting pitcher. He's gone 14 innings this week, 1-0, and gave up 10 hits, two walks, one earned run, and 14 strikeouts. He's a big reason why the Rangers are still where they are. He's somebody that is just anchoring down the rotation with the injuries. My dud, current Yankee albatross and one of my all-time favorite players, Giancarlo Stanton. Over the last week, he's one for 16, and that one being a single. Seven strikeouts and two grounding into a double plays. Just a rough week for the big man, and I feel like I'm one of the only other people on the planet that still holds out hope that he can get back to back to form because I truly do believe in him and his talent. But what about you? Who's your stud and dud? Well, I got two Reds players for my stud and duds. Both pitchers too. For my I got a for my stud, it's our starting pitcher Hunter Green, who's been out most of the year with an injury, but he finally came back. Went seven innings, given up, only gave up three hits, one run, one walk, 14 strikeouts, which is insane. And most of the year he was he was doing that most of the year, but usually that came with four run, four run, four earned runs usually. So this is really good, really good outing for him. But sadly, it was a no decision because he had no run support, and they ended up losing that game. But not not because of him. Now someone they probably did the the person they probably ended up losing the game because of is there is my dud, the relief pitcher Alexis Diaz, this past week. He pitched a total of one inning through two games, got two losses, gave up seven hits, seven runs, one walk, no strikeouts. And honestly, if the Reds want any chance of making that wild card, they need both of these players to play good. They need Hunter Green to do what he's been doing, and Alexis Diaz to, you know, tighten up and, you know. Yeah, two and a half back of a wild card spot. They got a, they got a chance. Now, weekly series highlight, the one I'm going to highlight, Houston versus Seattle. Two teams, same division. You know, the division title is still within reach for both of them, right? But the wild card's also right there. Now, those teams in the division, it's a close race, right? You have the Rangers leading it. Houston's a game and a half back of them. Seattle's a half game back of Houston. Those three games, two games separate all three of these teams. That's a big, big series with major playoff implications because one of these three teams at least is likely to not make is not going to make the playoffs at all. Chances are. So you need to win these games if you're Houston and Seattle. They're all must win. And you can argue that this is the first playoff series of the season because whoever loses this series is likely the team that won't make the playoffs. So that's really something that we got to It seems look. like a lot of these playoff things are coming down to like the last two weeks because yeah, they, they're playing the script came yeah, out that way, right? They're playing a lot of the teams that, you know, they need to let their, you know, yeah. that they're fighting for a spot in the playoffs for. My weekly highlight is going to be uh, Pittsburgh at Philly, some, you know, interstate rivalry there. 
you know, you have Pittsburgh. I think they won. They're kind of hot right now. They they won the last. I think they won four straight so far. I think they're looking right, right. to sweep the sweep the Reds today. And the, the Phillies have been kind of hot too. I mean, I think they're looking to sweep the Mets today. So I mean, this should be a good game. You know, I mean, the Phillies need the win still. And maybe the maybe the Pirates can play a little spoiler here and maybe knock the Phillies down a little bit. Maybe you know hurt them and they won't get their yeah. uh, home field advantage. So, you know, if the Phillies, you're trying to win the game. If you're the Pirates, you're trying to play spoiler. Yeah, it's a pretty good series. In the Yankees, they also play the Blue Jays, big one. But, you know, that's going to do it here for us. we got one more final full week of baseball next week. We're going to really just focus solely on the playoffs. It's going to be playoff time. We're going to know pretty much who's in, who's out, and it's going to be a fun time seeing who's going to win this World Series. Hopefully it's not a team that we dislike. Maybe it'll be the Phillies raising it up. As Rob Manfred said, it's just a big hunk of junk, right? Just anyone but the He's Astros. the metal. I'm good with anyone, anyone but, but the Astros. Anyone but the Astros. Orioles, Blue Jays, Rays. Orioles would be nice to see. I mean, if it's not the Phillies. I have money on it. I, I bet on it back in April when they started to do well. So I, I guess I wouldn't hate that, but still division rival. Don't know if I'd like to see that. Better than the Astros. Oh, everybody's better than the Astros, <laughs> except maybe the Red Sox. But the Red Sox are eliminated. But again, that'll do it here. Keep it tuned in every week. We're going to get some good playoff talk coming. Football's in full swing now. Hockey's coming back soon. A lot of stuff going on here at Outsider Sports, so keep tuning in. With that said, we'll see you guys next week from the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. <laughs>